Welcome to Rock Solid Ministries Frontline Servants Program, where we visit with men and women on the front lines of kingdom service. For more information about our free revival ministry or to explore more of our audio and video recordings, visit our website at rocksolidministries.org. Again, that's rocksolidministries.org. Our guest today is preacher Terry Tyree of East Tampa Christian Church in Tampa, Florida. And as we are recording this podcast, Beth and I are in the middle of our 14th revival in 14 years with the East Tampa Church. And I might add that the church here is one of our partner churches that monthly support Rock Solid Ministries, making it possible for us to minister across North America free of charge. So Terry, we go back quite a few years together, and I feel blessed that we have this time today to have a conversation about life and ministry. So, Brother Terry, tell us your story. Thank you, Tom. Um, what a story. What a, I think back and how God has, I want to say, maneuvered me, and how I've He's said, go right, and I may have went left, and then yeah. I've had to adjust along the way. <laughs> To, to, to see him working in my life. Uh, I can tell you I've always been in the church, as a, even as a little kid. Uh, early ages, I was Presbyterian church here in Tampa. My parents, we would walk to the church, and I was always involved in the kids' programs and VBS, looked forward to things like that. And then my parents met another young couple, and they invited us to a central Christian church in Tampa. And then we started attending there. Um, David Quartz was the minister back then. And at about the age of 12, he uh, baptized me, uh, me and my sister. And so we've uh, always attended there and loved the youth programs. Uh, Walter and Linda... Gower, I can remember being in the back of their station wagon with kids and we would go, you know, pizza or wherever we're going to someone's house for a youth program. Just a lot of memories there at Central Christian Church. Uh, as I got older um, and always, like I said, enjoyed the youth programs, the music. Uh, I can remember one time I, I was really a shy little kid. And I didn't do like to do much talking. And we was having a musical program and a play. And uh, Linda Gower came up to me and said, we'd like for you to participate in the, the drama part of it. I says, well, I says, I really don't like to speak. And she says, oh, that's perfect. We have a mime in the program. <laughs> and it was the main character. Oh, no. And so I was like, oh, I stuck my foot in my mouth. and But I really enjoyed it. And... Uh, just had a lot of good memories. And then after the church had a program to where as you were graduating from uh, high school, if you wanted to attend a Bible college, they would pay your tuition free of free, send you to your Bible college. Really? And I, uh, right. before I knew it, I believe my parents had me some papers in front of me saying, sign here, here, and here. And I'm <laughs> the oldest of five, so I was off to Atlanta Christian College, um, which me and school never got along. I always wanted to get out of school and can't imagine myself going to school again, but I did. 
Uh, Mom and Dad helped me a um, couple years with room and board, and then they said, you basically, you're on your own after that. So a small jobs there on campus and everything. But uh, while I at Atlanta Christian College, I uh, met my beautiful wife, Carol. And I started college there in 74, four-year degree with my wife. She started again, 78. And I decided, because I liked college so much, not really, but <laughs> I took two extra years to get my four-year degree. But I was married in uh, 78 with, to Carol, and uh, it had a beautiful time. While I, and when I graduated, I didn't really, I guess you hear this from a lot of ministers or whatever, really had no desire to go into the, a, a ministry my degree at uh, Atlanta Christian College was uh, youth ministry and music. I loved music. I don't know how music notes and whatever. I just I enjoy music. While in college, I was with the the choirs, the concert choirs, the the Herald Choir, which is the younger choir, and I had the opportunity with uh, Dean Jacoby way back in the days. I um, got to direct some of the choirs and the programs when we went touring around which was a I really enjoyed that so much but uh, after college uh, like I said ministry wasn't really on my mind unless it kind of just fell in my lap I went to work with um, Peachtree City Police Department decided to go there and I was there for a, a year year and a half and my dad being a homicide detective in Tampa Florida retired he and being the first of five to leave home and it's now been uh, six years, seven, seven and a half years. Dad and mom's like, come on back to Tampa. We'd love to have you back into Tampa. And I'm like, eh, don't know. But they, he says, I can get you on at Tampa Police Department. And I'm like, well, right, that sounds pretty good. I'll probably make double what I'm making up here. Peachtree City was only six patrolmen in the whole town. Yeah. And so you're by yourself at night or in the day, this shift. Really enjoyed the work and everything because I like I like dealing with people. I like working with people, trying to help people. Long story short, I went back to Tampa, got hired on there, and went from six six patrolmen to six hundred and fifty patrolmen. In wow, Tampa. what a change! Yeah, that was, that was a hard adjustment. That was a big adjustment. Um, I'm not a and with police work, I know you have the work and then you have the paperwork and. I'm not a paperwork person. And then you get the politics involved and everything with police department and stuff, and I didn't right. like that. And so, basically, I got out of that. But the whole time, anytime I'm with the police departments or moving back to Tampa, I'm always in the church. I was always involved at coming back to Central. I was instrumental, I guess, in the youth department and everything. Always a sponsor. And everything. I also um, went from a deacon to an elder in there at Central and everything. But had a pretty good time, a good run. And then it was a time where I hurt my back and couldn't work. And then the church, I don't know if I suggested it or them, they, I said, I got to do something. They said, I can do something part time with minimal lifting or anything like that. And so we talked about it, and I became a part-time youth minister at uh, Central. 
as just, you know, 20 hours a week. You know, ministers, we don't do much work, you know, lifting or anything. So, <laughs> so it was, it was a good fit because I was already working with the program and everything. And now I'm getting paid to, to do that, which was a blessing. Um, the minister at the time, Steve Altide, while he was there, was a, a blessing in that always in the back of my mind, I, I kind of wanted to give a sermon, but I was always too scared or whatever. But Steve Altide encouraged me. He says, let's, uh, he said, I'd like for you to do that. I'd like for you to give a sermon. And I did. And it was one of those sermons where you, and I told this story before, where you, it's your first sermon, you want to put everything you can into it. I think it, for a good 20 or 25 minute, maybe a 30 minute sermon, this one was 45 minutes to an hour. And it was oh. just crazy, just wanting to get everything into that sermon. But after that, uh, Altide encouraged me and gave me the opportunity to preach once a month there at Central. Can I can I ask how old would you have been when you did that? You, oh. can, you, can you think back and get somewhere in general area? I believe I was probably around forty. So you'd gone to Bible college, been in the police department, you'd worked with youth, you'd always been active in church, but had never preached that was your first opportunity right yeah always worked with youth i love youth teaching anything with youth adults uh, scare me to death and uh so but he did that for me and everything and then the church after steve left we were in some not a division or whatever we were declining just a little bit but um we all of a sudden went to um he left and we needed an interim minister and it was like tag you're it So I got to preach while I was the youth minister there for an interim of about a year, maybe a little bit more than a year, until we found another minister and everything. But then after that, uh, after that other minister, I believe it was around 2005, something like that. Uh, No, it was 2007. The church ended up closing down. And so from there... Just kind of out in the secular world, working a little bit. And uh, there was a church in the Tampa area. We probably had five or six at that time. And they were all doing, seemed to be doing reasonably well. But there was this one little one. And I was trying to find a church to go to and attend. And I kind of always said, I'm not going to go to East Tampa. I don't know Mm -hmm. why. It was a small inner city church um they were running 30 maybe 40 or something like that and i'm like i don't know why i go you know, pride i don't know what got in my, my way and uh, my my parents attended central they were looking and they went to east tampa and they said well that's where we're gonna go and then i visited the other churches the bigger churches and for whatever reason it wasn't a fit didn't seem welcome unfortunately yeah, and then came to East Tampa, and they had their arms wide open. East Tampa's a church like that, even today. Yeah, it was just an incredible um, experience, if you want to say that. And my wife, my kids, and everybody—they said, "Okay, this is going to be it. We like this." And so we attended, and. Wasn't long after that, they you know, knowing of experience or whatever, they were kind of looking for a 
a youth minister part-time. And so I was older then, an older guy, but they, they hired me on as the youth minister here at East Tampa, which I did that for about 10 years. Now, when you came on as youth minister, how old would you have been? I uh, came. Here, I've been here 14 years, and I'm 65, so that would so be 51. 51, coming as a youth minister. You know, someone told me recently the best youth ministers they've ever mm-hmm. worked with are the old guys, and and they don't mean old, old, but you know, anything, anyone 45 and above, have been some of the very best youth ministers that they've ever worked with. Well, I think. I know God puts people in places where they can be used. For East Tampa, the youth when I got here was probably three or four, something like that, maybe. And then working through it, getting a bus ministry going for the, the, hardly any kids was of the congregation. Right. Maybe the two or three. Nobody, you know, from the streets or whatever. And starting the bus ministry and after a lot and programs and everything, we did have the youth up to a hundred or thereabouts on Wednesday nights. Just a hundred kids with a congregation of uh, 50. Wow. That was an incredible program and that was challenging. And for, like I said, for maybe a, a younger youth minister with the problems and what goes on, families, he would have been a challenge for him to deal with those, but for a more mature, older guy, let's say, uh, coming from a different perspective, had family, no things that are going to happen and go on. Yes, we had uh, drug, you know, issues here at East Tampa with the kids because they're the drug guys and kids that are dealing, they want to go where the kids are. So, you know, you have to deal with that and watch out for that and everything. But uh, the programs were great. I remember my first time here was a year after you came. And I didn't realize you had not been here that long. And Beth and I were just taken back with with not only that program, but some of those maybe you'll share with us about the homeless and all. But the number of kids, and I remember coming in one one night, and you had a young man off the side. And uh, he had brought drugs in with him, and he was uh, he was a big boy. I mean, he was he was not uh, a wimp, and he was in tears. But you were letting him know that he was not coming back with those drugs, and he was in tears, saying, "I want to come. I want to come to this youth program. Please let me." And you were laying down the law as to what it would be if he was going to come back. And I thought you were the absolute perfect man. <laughs> For where you were at. Well, it's funny because with the kids, you know, they say you got three strikes. With me, it's only two. When the kids hear me say strike one, they know there's not going to be a three. So you set parameters right off the bat. Well, you have to for the safety of the others. Absolutely. Right. Well, that was, and I also remember, if if I can share a, a memory, that some of these kids that you're bringing in, the bus kids, that in those first years we were here there were a large number of younger kids and and teenagers who were in church on Sunday, and they came during the revival. And uh, the, that first year, they, they wanted to put together a little choir and sing. And I remember thinking how some of these kids didn't have much of anything, and they, 
They had gotten their clothes from wherever they could get them. They were wearing, they, these boys were wearing suit coats because they wanted to look nice for the revival. And some of them looked like Five, a little cartoon character with a, clothes that were too big. But they sang a beautiful song. And I remember seeing some of the little ones running around and one of the older ladies in the congregation saying, hey, come here. And I thought, oh, she's going to let them have it. And she said, you know, grandma told you, and she wasn't their grandma, but the way she treated them, you know, grandma told you how to behave. You're going to sit with me in church. And these were kids who didn't have a, who, who didn't, who didn't have someone to do that for them. Uh, yeah, not a lot of structure in our life. Uh, right. But coming in East Tampa with the kids and where we pick them up and everything, it's a pretty transit area. You know, yeah. we'll have them a year, two years, maybe three, you know, and there's others, but uh, you just never know what you're planting. And then to be able to see one of the kids in a grocery store six, seven years later and they're older and they're out of school or whatever, and they go, well, hey, Mr. Terry, and they didn't call me Mr. Terry. They called me Twinkle Toes. <laughs> you know, hey, Mr. Twinkle Toes, you know, and I'm like, oh, hey, and they want to tell me what they're doing, and, you know, and, yes, yeah, some fall in the cracks, and you 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 find out, yeah, this one didn't do too good, but the, the, there's so many uplifting stories that they can tell you and where they've been, and they appreciate, you know, the youth program and things that happened in their life you know, the CIY trips and things yeah. like that. Uh, many lives changed. Right. Well, that, I think of one more story, if I may share it. Uh, a, a bunch of the young teens, after a service, just rushed right by me and out the door. And I thought, well, they were in a hurry to get out of here. They had to listen to me preach. But a, a few minutes later, every one of them walked back in the building holding a Dr. Pepper and a candy bar. One of the men had told them, and these were people in your church who adopted these kids and, and learned how to work with them, had told them, if you will behave and listen to this man speak, I have something for you in my truck when it's done. And they rushed out, and he had Dr. Pepper and a candy bar for him, and they all came back in and shook my hand, <laughs> holding their Dr. Pepper in their <laughs> and a candy bar. I thought that was a wonderful story. I was trying to remember... Um... <clears throat> We have to think back, don't we? Yeah, Carol was trying to remind me of some of the things. Your wife, uh, Carol. Carol, yeah. my wife. Uh, married 54 years, I believe it is. 53. 53 uh, years. She has been instrumental. And in, uh, any minister with a, with a wife is, uh, oh, they're incredible. I mean, it, they help their husbands so much in so many different ways. East Tampa congregation is an older congregation. Um, we, I thought with the kids and with the older folks, yes, the older, you know, the kids, you know, you, it does take time to get them acquainted with rules, regulations, or whatever, however you want to say, sure. just behaving in church. And I thought that uh, the East Tampa congregation Yes, you have a couple people. This they're too loud or whatever. But we would feed them on Wednesdays uh, with the with the congregation, and then we'd let them go out and play uh, thirty forty minutes, and then we'd rile them in for our classrooms. And 
with a congregation as small as ours, we were really hard-pressed for teachers, especially yeah. for youth. Um, we had reached out to the, the churches in the area, and we had a, a couple come in, Dan Hefner, which is now one of our elders, but uh, he would come in from his church, come over on Wednesdays and, and teach the middle school or the senior high class. I mean, our, our classes at that time was, you know, one teacher in a classroom with 35 high school kids. Wow. And same thing with the middle school, 25 to 30 middle school kids and one teacher, which is just tough. Yeah. And, and particularly with the type of kids that you were reaching out to. Exactly. You know, discipline, you know, was a problem, you know, at first and everything, and it, it did get under control some, but... Uh, we're fixing to start back up with this COVID thing or, you know, everybody's kind of half the church is online and half year. And we're, we're trying to get the youth program started back up. I don't have the teachers. I'm, I'm struggling right now to find out how we're going to get this youth program back up and going. I have nursery. I don't have first grade up the high school. Mm. Um, so that's a prayer for East Tampa is that, you know, God's going to lead someone over. And when we prayed that one time, he sent us a couple, and it was they worked out great. But now we're, we're needing some more. So that's been a, a concern for the elders and myself. Uh, we need some teachers here at East Tampa. So that's something that we just need to ask our listeners to be praying about for you when they hear this podcast. Just Absolutely. take a moment, uh, click it, and, and, and turn off the podcast for a minute and just say a prayer for teachers for, the, for their outreach for youth at East Tampa Christian Church. And if you are if you have that ability and you're in the area, maybe you would contact Terry. Or if you're not in the area and you have that ability and you're ready to retire and you still got a lot of energy, maybe you'd move to Tampa and go on the mission field. Yeah, right? there you go. And yeah. the mission field, like, like I said, we hooked up with Rock Solid, love them and everything. Uh, we have a uh, hunger-free mission here at East Tampa where we pass out food and there's clothing and some items for the house that they can every Tuesday, uh, 1030 with the COVID it was, uh, now it's like a drive through, but we we started back with a program in the church. And at one time on Tuesday, the program before they give any food or anything out, we could have as many as 50 to 75 people in our fellowship hall. They want to hear the word. They want the program. We do some singing and then preaching or teaching. And then we would dismiss and they would go get their food. And I didn't know, but come to find out, you know, there's people coming just for the message and the songs. And they used to do the food, but they don't need the food anymore. But they want to continue to come for the program. Oh, that's great. So that that's really uplifting, seeing things like that. And you're trying. You're today was the day because we're recording this on a Tuesday, and you're just starting very small group to to reestablish this, like it is with a lot of churches and programs they're doing. Yeah, um, Brian and his father was. It was really great to have them kick it off with the uh, uh, the bluegrass music style and stuff, which yeah. people love that. Brian, um, Brian, and Jim Goins, who are doing music for us this week. Yeah, right, and. Normally, um, our whoever's going to preach or teach, we 
before it was uh, Curtis Carter, our old minister. He was the one kind of getting it started and everything. And then when he left, I kind of picked it up and took over. And then we had uh, Alan Detweiler, who is now a minister. They just started their first church service in their new building here this last Sunday. Um, I'm keeping them in your prayers. And then I have a friend, old hunting buddy of mine, George McDonald. Um, he preaches once a month. So between Alan and George, and I pick up the slack where I can, that's who's uh, preaching in the uh, the mission moment here at East Tampa. You've got quite a facility here. I was just talking with Brian this morning. I said, now you've seen it, and it looks a lot bigger because he was asking, how did you get 100 to 150 kids and other people in this building? I said, there's a whole lot more behind it. And uh, you've got your your a number of different outbuildings for classes. You've got you've got your clothing building and food. Uh, it, it's really a a tremendous place. And I, as I was telling you before the podcast, my wife Beth has said a number of times, if I could move anywhere and get involved in a church, it would probably be East Tampa because I could minister to people. I and and they would put me to work. And that's what I've always noticed about East Tampa. If you have a desire, doesn't matter how much ability you have uh, or giftedness, East Tampa is going to find a place for you. You know, I, I try to think about it in that we have to we have to resign ourselves to the fact that God knows best. Yeah, I mean, it's what He wants, and positioning myself here because of circumstances and everything that happened it's uh i look back on it and i'm thinking it's amazing that i'm here this is where i need to be i don't know if other ministers you know they i don't know won't or desire a large church which that is great they have their their place and where they're at and their outreach programs. I mean, yes, they can do more things, but what we do here at East Tampa, I think we do well for the community. Um, and and that's what we're supposed to do, I think. And I am just in awe of how God works, how I can just sit back and go, wow. Uh, yeah, yeah. You, you, I finally feel like I got it right. Yeah, I'm, I'm ready to retire here in a little bit. And that's another thing we are looking, the elders have, we're trying to find a youth minister right now. You know, someone on, up in the years a little bit, a little bit older. But um, we would love to bring in someone that could, you know, take the youth department and just build it back up and everything with the goal in mind of, you know, becoming the minister here, you know, right. shortly. Right. So, that's a, a prayer that we are sticking out there and asking of folks if they know someone, you know, to contact me and let's see if we can get that moving along. And it would be best in your situation, as you've said to me before, to have someone with, with a little more maturity because the type of, of young people we're reaching out to here are uh, a lot of them in troubled situations and you need someone who has the maturity and the understanding on how to handle that. Yeah. Uh, they've had it. They've had some life experience. I guess that's what we're trying yeah, to a say. A lot of broken homes. Um, yeah, just it'll break your heart listening to them. Uh, Carol, I just uh, 
experience in the shoes with the toddlers. And uh, two things happened one time, two separate occasions. One, some, one of the other little girls, or so I believe, was hitting on a little baby and said, hey, you can't do that. I'm going to call the police. You know, so they've experienced abuse in the home. Right. They know that. You know, call the police. You're hitting on a baby or a kid. Right. And the other one was humorous in that the lights flickered a little bit, you know, in a storm. And the little little girl said, oh, y'all didn't pay the bill. So they know what it's like to be without or your electricity shut off, marriages, mom and dad gone, divorce. Um, And that's not everybody, but it's a lot of them. And uh, to see them and and to talk to them later, I had one of my, it wasn't even a youth. You know, you you never know what you're going to do or what you're going to run across. And I had a... um, I don't even know, relative, down the line, come visit with her grandma. And we talked, and she was wanting to get her act together and hadn't been doing too many right things, but she said she wants to make a decision for Christ and anything. And I believe it was about three or four years ago, We I baptized her and everything, and, you know, they're in Alabama, and I don't get too much. But now, you know, with Facebook, and you can follow her, and this young lady, man, she now has a, a child. She's married. She's involved in the church. She's wow. doing incredible things. It it just makes your heart swell up with, with joy and pride that this is what God can do. He can take a person from here and move them over here. And you can just be a small part of that. Mm-hmm. Just any way you can. And you have been, and the East Tampa Church has. Might, I might ask you to share a little bit. We're talking a lot about the ministry of the church here, but you've lost uh, recently a really good worker who went out into the community. You just you don't wait for him to come here, but our ministry was involved with tracks to help this this ministry, and and uh, and it was bigger than what I knew when we first started saying let us help. But uh, would you share that with our, our listeners? We had uh, one of our gentlemen was a, a biker, a, a gang person, and before I was into the ministry, I was uh, managing or owning a, a small restaurant, and it was a in a not so good part of town, and so there was be drugs trying to come in, and I was staunch. I mean, police department, whatever. There was no drugs coming into this place. Right. And come to find out, this gentleman, Greg Jubert, uh, said, Terry, did you know there was a contract put out on you? And I said, no. <laughs> but oh. they said they, they got canceled, but there was a contract because of my, you know, because before in that restaurant, the drugs was flowing. And, and so that was kind of a little eye-opening thing. Uh, to be able to stand your ground, knowing things. But Greg Jubert changed his life from a biker, drugs, and all that stuff. And he was here at East Tampa, changed his life around. Uh, he decided he would do a... Um, he dealt with the homeless a lot. He knew where they were at, where they were camping, and homes, and knew that they needed. And that was something that was placed on his heart 
he decided he would just try to feed them. He would yeah. come to the church, make some plates here at the church, put them in his vehicle, and then he would just drive out in about 40 plates to people in certain areas that he knew, and he would just give them a meal every Tuesday. And then that, that's what sprang with Pat Swindle in our Hunger Free mission, who says, well, we can do that here for people that need it. So one mission grew into the uh, hunger-free mission that we have, and Greg did that up until maybe, oh, three or four months ago, and the COVID hit, and he had to stop a little bit, but he passed away here. Um, We're really missing him this yeah, year. Yeah, a month or two ago, and uh, it, it has hit hard, and we miss Greg. All of us at Rock Solid were just uh, stunned and and felt so bad uh, because we love Greg and we love what he did. And uh, our ministry began providing tracks. And it's amazing that he he always gave a track out with a meal. And our salvation tracks, about 4,000, 3,000 to 4,000 a year, he handed out. And uh, uh, we're, we're sorry that he's gone, but we know that we're thankful that he got his life turned around and that he didn't just become a church member he became a minister that's true in his own way that. yeah 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 greg you know with our hunger free mission and and greg going out yes it's hard to get some of those people to come in on a sunday or whatever but we did see them so you you know things are you know they're reading the tracks they had questions about it and greg was there to answer them or myself and the mission in the backpack here we've had some of our members are now because of the mission in the back. But, you know, just because they're homeless or they're needing food does not mean that they're not going to church. A lot of these folks are going to church somewhere and participating in their, their church. We're just here to help them out with the food and then, again, just some information about the Christian church and if they're looking or, you know, trying to keep their souls on track. Just right. keep them focused. Well, what else is going on with you? And, and you got to here, and you've been here for 14, 15 years. And uh, we we know that you're wanting to, to perhaps retire in a couple of years. Uh, well, from, from full-time, anyway. Right. I know you won't retire from serving. Right. Well, we have the new pavilion out back that we just got permitted, and it's um, we're looking forward to using that for youth and some programs. We have our... One of our largest thing is our fall festival, uh, Halloween, or whatever you want to call it. I like Halloween. But uh, where we'll now be able to not worry about weather, we'll be able to have some things underneath that, and functions, uh, youth for the kids, basketball tournaments maybe, or something along those lines. When we get things in our side yard, the kids, one of the things when they go out there is it's a big football game. Boys and girls, and it's tackle. It's not tag or anything. They're out there playing tackle football, which oh. is insane to me. <laughs> but, yeah, they're out there having fun. But right now, uh, we are in the process of um, building permits for our sanctuary. Uh, we do need a facelift. And start with the sanctuary, and, look, and someone, my wife says, we have to do something with the outside. You know, because, again, appearance is important for people to come in and want to to see things sure but um so that's that's on our horizon right now as far as 
the buildings and everything. Your pavilion is huge. In my, in, 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 it's bigger than I thought. <laughs> Do you know what the dimensions are? I believe it's 60 by 100, but then it's 28 feet tall. Yeah, I was just amazed when I pulled up and saw that the other day. Well, I know you've talked about your challenges here and what's going on with you. Do you... Do you see, uh, and you shared already your greatest joys. I ask that a lot of times of, of people that I'm interviewing and some of the challenges that you've had. What do you think, what do you see personally as a man who's been in ministry for a while now as maybe the greatest challenge facing uh, the church, Christians, and or ministry today? And that's just coming from your perspective. Oh, I would say something along the lines of trying to keep your your members or your congregation, however you want to say it, motivated. Yeah. Um, keep them encouraged. Uh, we we seem to get so uh, sidetracked or discouraged because things are not working or a program you tried failed, but. Um, with an older congregation, you know, you, you can only do so many things, the physical part, but you still can do some things. And we do have our prayer warriors out there, the ladies that, you know, we we have uh, prayers that they'll continue to pray for people. They'll help wherever they can. But I believe it's just keeping your congregation motivated. Right. Um, and particularly, I guess, because COVID has so knock down the spirits. Uh, well, maybe COVID hasn't done it, but the government response <laughs> yeah. and the response of so many churches, I think. Yeah, we'll say that. I mean, yeah. I know people that are just, and they've had their shots. They've uh, stayed at home and they're just terrified. They don't, they won't come out until they say the COVID is over, which I'm mm. telling them it's never going to be over. That's right. That's so, right. You know, just trying to encourage them to get back in because, I mean, we miss the fellowship with the ones that are here. You know, we, we, and if, you know, if you're wearing a mask, that's great. If you're doing your social distancing, that's great. But uh, you just miss seeing each other. This church has always been a church that, in, in my observation, that loves to be together. They love to fellowship and not just at the church house, in people, mm -hmm. in each other's homes. And that's a rare find nowadays. So um, I I can see that that would be, on your mind, in your situation, greatest challenge that is ahead right now. But I also see that as being a great challenge for churches everywhere, is getting people uh, to maybe uh, learn how to trust God again if they've, if they've gotten where they're trusting uh, the news media learn to trust God again, and start living. I, I've just said I'm not going to miss a whole year of my life living out of fear. And that's the challenges for the elders right now is when do we, you know, we're having our Sunday morning service. Uh, when do we start maybe moving back into our Sunday school and the, the Wednesday programs with kids and, you know, men and women Bible studies? That's a challenge that's on their mind. And again, with... Who we have right now, we just 
we, we pray that we'll have some teachers come in to help us in those areas because we are struggling right now in those particular areas. Um, myself, you know, well, Terry, you know, I know you can teach or whatever, and it's like there's preachers and teachers, and you have preachers and teachers. Yeah, I mean, I, I can teach. I've always taught kids. But, you know, moving into the adult world of teaching is, you know, say, out of my comfort zone, let's say. Right. And preach to them, yeah, okay, I can do that. But teach them, I struggle with that. I really mm. do. Um, I, I really struggle with that. Give me kids in the program. I can do kids and go in there and, and feel comfortable. I'm like a fish out of water when it comes to wanting to teach adults. And You know, I'm just the opposite. I'm just the opposite. But Beth has always said, you know, she, when we run across someone who's shy about preaching she's, and who teaches, uh, a man who will teach kids, she says, you know, those adults are just big kids. <laughs> you know, inside they still think they're kids. Yeah. And, and uh, in our 60s, we still think we're in our 20s and our bodies tell us different. But, you know, I think that's a good way to look at it. Uh, anything else you might like to share today? No, other than you've made me, I don't want to, it's, I'm out of my comfort zone here talking about this and I've had to, in the last night and this morning to reflect back on where I've been, you know, where I'm going and yeah. to see the in-between and to see how you know, I can really sit back and go, man, I'm sorry, God, when I didn't do what you were. I can see you were pushing me in that direction, but I just said, nope, not going to yeah. do that. But then when I finally listen to him and I finally make that my family, my house, um, the peace that can come from knowing you're doing what you're supposed to be doing. Yes, you're sir. working for God and, you know, my, all my family, everything, you know, you, you're going to leave a good legacy. So you're right. trying to do your best to to be that a good parent for your kids and a minister for your congregation. And I'd like to be able to look back and say, well, I'm fair to mediocre. You know, <laughs> I, I'm pretty hard on myself sometimes, but um, it's been a good good long ride and it's been a great ride well i appreciate you sharing that because i know that we have listeners who are i like to say god is funneling into where he wants them and they are trying to climb out of the funnel amen and uh that is very good that you said that and let me say again from from an observer you have done incredibly well in what god has called you to do and amazing to to those of us at Rock Solid Ministries. So um, I want to thank you for getting out of your comfort zone and doing this podcast with me. And I want to thank our listeners for tuning in today. And if this uh, podcast you believe would be of benefit to a friend or coworker in Christ, would you please share it with them? And uh, take a listen to some of our other podcasts too, if you have time that uh, may be of encouragement to you as well. And until next time, this is Evangelist Tom Weaver saying goodbye and may God pour down his blessings on you like Amen. a Mississippi rain. Amen.